0: Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Catherine Ingram. The following is the opening talk and a dialogue from a longer session of Dharma Dialogues called First Love, Then Action. It was recorded in Los Angeles in 2004. You may have thought you came here to hear some teachings or meet a teacher or maybe learned some cool new meditation practice. You've probably heard there is not much of a meditation practice here, but... But actually, you came here to be with you. Not the you that you usually have to present, the somebody out there in the world. We all have to be in many roles in life, don't we? We're many things to different people. We function in various ways. And we wear many hats to do so. But here, we're reminded of what we are, often called our true self, in a more fundamental sense. The you that is quiet, the you that is perfectly okay, the you that is always present. The you that is most familiar, actually, much more familiar than all the various stories and roles you play, no matter how habituated you are in them. This you that I'm speaking to, <clears throat> hanging out with tonight, has been with you, is, has been you, your essential nature all along. And as you start to pay attention to that, It becomes more and more your sanctuary. It becomes your resting point. And you find that you can then play those roles and be engaged and function and do your work and show up as a parent or a spouse or whatever it is in all the ways you do, in a more clear and open way because in a way you don't get lost in the roles you don't forget you you don't forget this nature you don't you don't move out of the rest out of the of the sanctuary you live in the sanctuary as you engage in the world the sanctuary of your own true nature I'm not speaking about anything that you have to figure out or attain It's something you already know quite effortlessly. So that is what we are here to remember only. Not to hear teachings, not to be with a teacher. Just to be with ourselves, just you to be with you. the real you, the quiet you, the innocent you, the you, the aspect of you that has never suffered, that was never damaged, was never harmed, didn't screw up, was never aggrandized. The innocent you. So sometimes this is called satsang, truth community, because we are willing to sit together as our true self. And then we speak from that. And we see that as we sit in that. That's what we see when we look out. That's what we see shining in everyone's eyes. Their secret true self. So then you're able to not only be in a way free of your role, but when you look at someone else, you free them of their role too. You don't, you don't, you look past their role. Sometimes it seems almost as if you're seeing the kid in them. Sometimes here in Dharma Dialogues, and especially at retreat, I look out into the crowd and I feel like I'm in the fifth grade. If anyone has anything you'd like to discuss these matters, any questions, please feel free. And if not, no obligation to speak. One of the great benefits of not having to present the roles is that there's a lot less talking.
1: Uh, thank you. I'm glad to be here this evening. And I um, I don't have such a hard time getting in touch with that little girl that's actually five years old, not quite in fifth grade yet. <laughs> uh, but I noticed in some of your literature, there's, there's not a but, I noticed in some of your literature that um, you're saying that we're often looking for the drama outside of ourselves. Well, I try to... Put the covers over my head and avoid the drama outside myself and it comes and it just hits me upside the head. The state of the state by our governor today puts uh, the load back on those who have the least resources, uh, those children who have nothing and the elderly who have nothing. I can't put the cover over my head and feel my innocence of being five years old or in fifth grade. I feel activated to stand up and say something. Um, I'm having a difficult time feeling love. I can love myself. That is not a problem for Mm me. Uh, I feel I have to go out and show that these other people are loved and need to be loved. I know you used to be an activist. I know that that was one of your first callings maybe 15, 20, 25 years ago. For a very long time. For a very long time. I don't know. Uh, I keep thinking that I'm going to progress out of this, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, let
0: me jump in, Ramona. Sure. Because I, I certainly have a great appreciation for your perspective and, um, and a great affinity for that kind of passion. But then you have to ask yourself, what is the most efficacious way to affect things that you want to change and that you want to see different in the world. Right? So, my proposal, having met a lot of very effective activists, is exactly what I'm saying, that you come to this understanding, you sit in your sanctuary and in your own innocence, such that that's what you're seeing when you look out. And believe me, when you sit at a negotiating table with someone, though they may be your opponent on the issue, but you're looking at them through those eyes, they're going to be a lot more willing to hear you and a lot more willing to consider your point of view. But if you look at them through eyes of righteousness and blame and outrage and judgment and hatred...
1: I know that. I know that. (laughs) Uh, But there's a, a vast chasm between the outrage and the righteousness and real, if it is through meditation, I'm ready to meditate 16 hours a day if necessary.
0: I'm not saying even about, you don't even have to meditate 16 hours a day. I'm saying that you can sit in the center of this understanding. You know, the, in my first book, which we, we actually hear, have here tonight, um, called In the Footsteps of Gandhi, I interviewed a lot of Gandhi-type um, leaders of our time. And one of the things that I felt was very consistent in each of those people was that they were motivated entirely by love. That's really what they were motivated. They were. They were all the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu and Tignat Han and on down.
1: Nelson Mandela.
0: He wasn't in the book, but um, you know. All of these very powerful activists, Arya Ratana of Sri Lanka, who has a, a several million person movement, and so on, these are beings of love. That's really what they're about. And then the activism moves out from the love, right? It's first the love, then the activism, right? Not a bunch of activism because you think this is the right thing to do and you hope that you'll feel loving when you sit down again, you know, with your opponent, but rather you sit in the center of your core being. And as the more deeply you sit there, the more you see that when you look out. You know it as you, you know it as everyone. And so then, you know, you you are... First of all, you're living with a lot more understanding, and it, it frees up a lot of your own energy. Because while, while anger may be a strong motivation for many forms of activism, it is not sustainable. And I've seen this over, over so many years with so many activists. It is simply not sustainable.
1: High burnout.
0: Everyone burns out. Yeah. Everyone burns out on, on anger and rage. And then either they walk away and just quit, right? And turn off. Or turn off. Or they take some little break. They, they take a sabbatical and they, then they go back, you know, sometimes with a little more understanding, sometimes not. They go back in full fury. But those people who have been at this a very, very long time and who still get up every day with love in their hearts and joy in their hearts, mm. It's because they're, they're coming from a different understanding and they're not seeing their opponents as evil and wicked and, and bad and all those things. Maybe just misinformed. As ignorant. As ignorant? Yes. So basically, you know, the job is simply to educate as best you can and, and it's slow going, you know. We're not the smartest species. I mean, we may be the smartest on the planet, but... <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're not very smart. <laughs> I'm going to get your book. Perhaps I can pick up some tips. Because I'm I'm feeling, I'm feeling outraged. I feel a lot of love for myself. This is not a problem. I, I have no personal drama that's not so great that I can't love myself and others through it. But it's outside. It's, it's what I see man. But if you
0: love yourself, let, let me jump in. You know, perhaps you can look at times in your life when you didn't know better about something, right? (laughs) Oh, yes. Huh? Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When you were ignorant about something, when you were prejudiced about something, when you were simply uninformed. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So when you can have that same kind of understanding that you have for yourself, and you can apply that, To really forgive them, for they know not what they do, Mm -hmm. they don't know. And sometimes it looks like they know, but you realize even though they may know on some level, it hasn't yet reached their heart. It hasn't come to the heart knowing, so they still don't know. You understand? Sometimes we think, oh, they know full well what they're doing. Well, it's an intellectual knowing. Right. Right. Exactly. They don't know it in their heart because something is blocking that information (coughs) from getting through. Greed. The heart is... It's often fear that manifests as greed. It's often armoring that is, is, you know, shielding some very deep wound or some deep confusion or whatever. You don't know until you walk in someone's shoes, Mm. really. So when you say you're interested in... In revolution, right? Well, I'm interested in evolution. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the revolution. Evolution of consciousness. We cannot fix this on the level of the things. The weapons are out of control. The population is out of control. We can't fix it on that level. Mm -hmm. (laughs) if If we are going to save this species, it's going to have to be now on the level of consciousness. And what we're doing here, what we're we're celebrating here, what we're being reminded of here, is a part of that kind of evolution. So I say this is actually a very um, socially and politically relevant perspective. This has been In the Deep with Catherine Ingram. If you'd like to find out more about my work or make a tax-deductible donation in support of these podcasts, please visit Catherine Ingram.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Kath Ingram, C-A-T-H-I-N-G-R-A-M, for notice of additional podcasts and other musings. Till next time.